You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. So we're starting a new series called Imprint. The idea of this series is who, who is Passion City Church and what do we want to see God do through Passion City Church in the cities and in the world? What kind of mark do we want to leave in the world? And the way we're going to do that over the next few weeks is talk about who we are as Passion City Church. And part of the reason we're doing that is because there's so many new people coming in to our city and coming into our house. In our all-team meeting this past week, the question was asked, how many people on team at Passion, whether it's conference or label or publishing or church, uh, how many people on team were on team when we did Passion 2020? And the response I got from people who've been around for a minute were, it was breathtaking how many new people are on our team in the last year and a half. But that's not just true of our team, it's true of life. There's been a global crisis, and the global crisis, lots of things changed, lots of people moved, lots of people changed careers, lots of transition in the world, and we feel that at Passion City. So I'm meeting people all the time that are saying, hey, it's my first time in the building. We've been coming online, but I've never been to the building before. Or we just moved to Atlanta, and we're just brand new at Passion City Church. In fact, there are people sitting in the room right now that I just met, well, I knew them a little, but just found out they moved to Atlanta and they're a part of Passion City Church just a few moments ago. And so what I do when I meet somebody is I wanna make a good impression, but I also want people to know who I am. And then I wanna know who they are, and then ultimately who they are and who you are determines whether or not you're gonna be friends or not, or how close you're gonna be, or whether you're gonna hang or not. And so for a few weeks, we wanna talk about who we are as Passion City Church, and then let God use that to change our hearts so that we can all leave an imprint behind that makes a difference 100 years from now on planet Earth. You know, your fingerprints are all over Atlanta right now. Everywhere you went today, you left an imprint. You didn't even think about it, but you sat down and you left an imprint. You touched a door, and now the, the germophobes are freaking out, uh, but you touched a door, you left an imprint. You handed somebody something, and on that something was a little imprint of your life, but that's a tiny imprint. Over time, our lives make major imprint of something and what we want to ask tonight is, is this something that our lives are making a mark on the world? Is that mark a lasting mark? And so at Passion City Church, we have some values. And I want to talk about the first one of those tonight, maybe the major one of those, the leading value. And it is this, that Jesus is our lead story. So if you're new to Passion City Church, we need you to know that right away, that we have a lead story, we have a headline, if you will, and the headline of our house is a person named Jesus Christ. He is our lead story. I know that sounds like that should be the case because we're a church, but if you come here any Sunday, you're going to hear about Jesus. You come to any gathering, you're going to hear about Jesus. Any time of the year, you're going to hear about Jesus. Any message that's preached here, no matter what the series, what the topic, where in scripture, you're going to hear about Jesus because he is our lead story. This is the way we say it in our culture document, uh, our us book but it's also online under our culture and standards. Jesus 
is our lead story. In fact, let's just say that together. Jesus is our lead story. In fact, Jesus is our only story. He is preeminent in our hearts and central in all we do. We believe Jesus is unrivaled in history and eternity. He is God and he is good, glorious both now and forevermore. His name is the only name that saves. His power is the only power that can raise us from the dead. Our goal is not just to get people to church. Ultimately, we want people to meet Jesus. That's why we say we are a Jesus church. We really don't want to be identified by any other name. Jesus is our lead story. Now you can clap for that. There was a, like a small applause, but if you feel it, you can clap for that. Jesus is our lead story. Why? Because Jesus has the name that is preeminent among all the names in time and in eternity. That's what we see in Colossians 1. This is the core text for us. It'll be familiar to a lot of you, but I love this text and could, could dwell in it every single day. Talking about Jesus Paul says this beginning in verse 15, and he's using pronouns, but I'm gonna use the actual name of Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or dominions, all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Can I just say that one more time? Because you're in that. You and the person sitting next to you and the earth that you're sitting on, you were created by Jesus and you were created for Jesus. And then he goes on to continue. Jesus is before all things. So before there was anything, there was Jesus. And in Jesus, all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, Jesus might have the supremacy. In everything, Jesus might have the supremacy. And he's the head of the church, the firstborn. So in the church, Jesus should have the supremacy. So therefore, Jesus is our lead story because we're reading it right out of the text. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. Now this one text underscores for us the supremacy and the ultimacy of Jesus. In other words, there is no one like him. There is no name like his. There is no one above him. There's no one in competition with him. Jesus is ultimate, and therefore he is our lead story. The Bible says he has the name above every name. Another place Paul wrote, he has the title above all titles. Therefore, we can't come up with another name or another title to lift up higher than the name of Jesus. So when you walk into our buildings, you see on the wall, Jesus is life. 
because Jesus is our lead story. Now, if, if you're thinking, well, wait a minute, what about the Holy Spirit? We, we want to be led and filled by the Holy Spirit. And what about God the Father? Because all of us want to be restored into a relationship and know that we have a perfect heavenly Father. Well, we believe in the Trinity at Passion City Church. So just to be clear, we're a Trinitarian church, a God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they don't get jealous of each other because they're all one God. And it doesn't bother the Spirit to come into the building and see Jesus' life on the wall. And it certainly doesn't bother the Father to come into a gathering and see Jesus' life because the Father sent Jesus into the world to give the life. And the Spirit then lifts up and amplifies the name of Jesus by giving us boldness and courage and supernatural power so the world can hear the name of Jesus and be saved. In fact, Jesus himself, when he was teaching about all of this, made it super clear. And the, the Trinity is a, is a tough one to tackle. And I love it. People say, you know, the Trinity is hard to explain. I'm like, thank God it is. I don't want a God who's easy to explain. I don't want a God that you can put in a thimble. I don't want a God that I can say, let me tell you every single thing about God. I don't know all the stuff about God, but I know all the essential things about God because he's revealed them to us in his word and through the person of Jesus Christ. I know everything I need to know about God, but I could not begin to exhaust the ocean that is God. Therefore, don't worry about heaven. Don't think you're gonna get bored. Don't think that's gonna be like a slow go because when we get to heaven, there's going to be so much more of God to discover and so much more of his beauty, his glory, his majesty, his mystery unfolded to us when we're changed into his image. He's inexhaustible, this God. So you've been around church for a while. You've heard some sermons. You don't hardly know that you've even scratched the surface of God. But it doesn't mean there's some unknown part of him that's going to change the game. No, you know all the essential components of him so that you can fully understand how to be in a relationship with him and how to live your life with him in the world. But the Trinity is one concept of God, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to simply explain that to somebody in 16 seconds in an elevator. But the Spirit teaches us, reveals to us, the Father unfolds to us, and Jesus teaches us. And listen to what he says about the Spirit's arrival. This is in John 15. A lot of this text and context is about the coming of the Spirit, but it's all drenched in Trinitarian thought. He says, Jesus does, when the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. So we just got the whole Trinity in one phrase. Counselor's coming, I'm gonna send him, but he's gonna come from the Father. So why is he coming and what's he going to do? The one whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. He will testify, Jesus said, about me. In other words, the Spirit is coming from the Father. I'm going to be the agent by my death, burial, and resurrection that releases the coming of this promised Spirit from the Father. And then when the Spirit arrives, he's going to testify about me, Jesus said. So the Holy Spirit is not going to come and try to get all the focus on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come and put all the focus on the one whose name is above all names. And you're like, man, this Trinity thing's blowing my mind. Let your mind be blown. Just know that the lead story of our house is Jesus, and the Spirit actually is going to help us make Jesus the lead story of our house. 
in another place, just a chapter later, if you want to see one more text, it says this, beginning in verse 12, chapter 16. I have much more to say to you, Jesus said, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So the story is that the father is sending the son and lifting him up so that all men can be drawn to him. The son is glorifying the father as the only God in creation that would give his own son to save our souls so that grace would be our story. And then the spirit is coming to animate, to fill, and to empower us by God's spirit and God breath to have the courage to lift up one name in a culture where there's so many different names to say boldly, this name is the name that is above every single name. Therefore, at Passion City Church, our lead story is Jesus. And I don't think anybody would really want it any other way. You would go, man, congratulations, Louie. I don't know how long, long it took you all to figure that out, but good job on getting that part right at the beginning. Our lead story is Jesus. But let me just flip it a little bit for, for me now and for you. So if it makes sense, and I hope it does make sense that Jesus is our lead story, then wouldn't it make the same amount of sense that Jesus would be your lead story. In the same way that you would expect Passion City Church to make much of Jesus, wouldn't you in the very same way want in your life to make much of Jesus? And you would equally want your house to say Jesus is our lead story as you would want your house to say, Jesus is our lead story. I think what the enemy would be happy to do is say, let the church have Jesus as their lead story. Now you can create your own headline. On June the 4th, it was a Friday, 1976. Most of you were not even remotely alive. <laughs> Some of your parents were not alive. I had a headline. Yep, right there it is. I know you can't see it good, so we'll put it up for you. Uh-huh. Oh, it's okay. I know I did this simply knowing it would bless a lot of people. In the Marietta Daily Journal, the headline says, Meet CHS's Court Specialist. Now, CHS is Campbell High School, Smyrna. There were two Campbell High Schools in Atlanta when I was in high school, so that was fun. Uh, but I went to the one in Smyrna. And uh, this is my doubles partner, Ray Dukes. And at the time, I was still going by my nickname. I hadn't uh, embraced my proper name yet. Uh, and I was Butch Giglio all the way through high school. And this, uh, yes, I know. And the hair, by the way, if you're just going to ask later, no perm involved. That's the real deal. That's my hair at that season. The little tagline on the bottom says, because we had just uh, really rolled through uh, our Cobb County season 
uh, as champion doubles team. We'd gone to the regionals as uh, all through the Cobb County, Marietta, Paulding County, all those regions as doubles champions and gone to state as doubles players and uh, didn't do quite as well there, but we had a future. That's what the, the little byline on the bottom says. Campbell Netters, Ray Dukes on the left and Butch Giglio make plans, dot, dot, dot. Both are heading, heading for Georgia State and more tennis. It's true, we both went to Georgia State. Only one of us actually played more tennis at Georgia State, and that was Ray Dukes, who was good enough to play tennis at Georgia State, and I didn't play tennis at Georgia State because I wasn't good enough to do that, and the Lord was needing me to move my focus a little bit so he could call me to preach and put me in the lane he wanted to be in for the rest of my life, and so it worked out good for Ray Dukes, and it worked out good for me in that season of life, but we had a headline. Now, granted, we're on page 3B in the sports section of the Marietta Daily Journal, which I'm not knocking at all right now if it's still a newspaper. I'm not knocking that. But I will say Ray Duke's mom worked for the Marietta Daily Journal. (laughs) And therefore, all of our tennis matches made it into the newspaper. But I also would like to add a few clarifying things. Number one, it was 45 years ago. And nobody cares. I'm not even sure Ray Dukes cares, and I don't care. No one cares. It tells our whole story. We grew up in Andover Gardens apartments. We were neighbors. We met. We started, it says, we spent endless hours playing tennis in our neighborhood with each other. That led to fierce and competitive matches. But through it all, we remained the dearest of friends. (laughs) Nobody cares. The second clarifying thing I would like to add is that as a senior in high school, in the newspaper, being a Rotary Senior of the Month and the president of my senior class, in escorting somebody in the homecoming parade and leading the drum corps in our marching band and basically running the senior class in the high school in 1976. I left no imprint that matters. You're like, what? You weren't leading revivals? Surely you were the head of the FCA or had started a Christian organization or you were inviting kids to come after tennis practice, and no. I was not devoted to following Jesus. And at church, I knew the drill. At school, which was a million miles away with no social media to connect the worlds, I was a guy trying to get the headline. And if you go back to anybody in the class of 1976 who hasn't checked in with me now, someone who just walked away in 1976 and who has not crossed paths with me now, and you say, do you remember a guy named Butch Giglio? Oh yeah, he was president of our class. Tell me the main thing you remember about him. They are not going to say he made sure everybody knew that Jesus had the name above all names. It's 
awash. And that's the, the tension of how easy it is to get a byline when there's already a headline. And I think that the difference is being able to ask the question, why? It's when our story, which is Jesus is our lead story, changes. And it changes to Jesus is your lead story. When you're able to say, you know what is the headline of my life? If you ask people who work with me, live with me, hang with me, do life with me, who inadvertently run into me, you know what they're gonna tell you about me that is the most important thing about me? They're gonna tell you they believed and wanted the world to know that Jesus had the name above all names. So how do you do that? Well, you ask why. Some of you are at different stages of life. Some of you are in stage one, or just the first stage I'm gonna talk about. You're in a season of favor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, we talk about how hard life is, but some people are not having a hard life right now. We talk about how hard 2020 was, but a lot of people, 2020 wasn't hard for them. Have you met any of those people, by the way? It's a lot of young people in this crowd tonight, and you might need to jump up a couple of uh, tax brackets to meet some of those people. But I've met so many people, and are like, man, I know we're supposed to feel bad about 2020, but I didn't get COVID, and my business grew exponentially, and I made so much money in 2020, I don't even know what to do with all the money I made in 2020. And I'm meeting people and they're like, yeah, our family had COVID. We lost our job. We've been in lockdown. We lived in the wrong state or the wrong city. Say, man, we've been living in so-and-so. We didn't really have any quarantine. Uh, I'm in the kind of business that really actually did really, really well during the global crisis. And uh, our family's good and I'm good. And we actually sold this and bought that and checked out of that and got into that. We we're just in an unprecedented season of favor. And it doesn't have to be about money. It could be about the way your relationships are working right now or the way you feel about life or your own mental health. Or you're just in a season where things are good and you hang around with people and stuff with them isn't so good and you feel guilty almost saying to them, well, actually, I'm doing pretty good. But here's the thing. Being in favor is not bad. God putting favor on your life is nothing you should be embarrassed about. If God blesses your business or your marriage or your friendships or answers your prayers or does more in your life than you could have dreamed or imagined, that's not bad. That's just God putting favor on your life. But when God puts favor on your life and pray that he will, you've got to ask this question, why? Why am I getting all the favor? And then you've got to take this step and make that transition and say, how can I use this favor for the glory of God? There's a second place that people are, and a lot of people are just discovering what their specific skill is. And you're just realizing I'm good at something, and you're starting to realize I actually might be better at this than most people. And do you know what? I hope that you'll discover that and realize that because God did put something in you that you really are good at. And he really does wanna hone that in you until you can be the best at it. But here's the thing, if you're good at something, you're inadvertently gonna get a headline. 
If you're the best person at your school, the best person in your field, the best person in your job, the best person in your family, if you're the best person in culture in a certain zone, you're gonna get a headline eventually by being the best. And God doesn't want you to feel bad about getting a headline, he actually wants you to get a headline. But when you get the headline, he wants you to ask the question, why? And the answer is simply this. Show me how to be the best at what I do for your glory. It's so easy to love God and to love his ways until all of a sudden we start getting the accolades for the gift that God gave us. And as soon as we start getting recognized for the gift God gave us, it's interesting how easily we can get enticed by the headlines that are about us and forget about the one who gave us the gift in the first place. And if you just keep saying, God, I don't mind the headline, but I'm gonna figure out how to be the best at what you've created me to be so that you can get the glory. I see how Louis is doing what he's doing and God gets glory because Louis's job is to talk about God. But my job over here is not to talk about God. So show me how to be the best at what I do so that I can magnify you. All of us coming to a third position or a third stage, all of us have a platform. And I think recognizing why we have a platform and knowing how to steward it is all about that. Why? Changing the hour to your. It's about understanding this is my story. And you know, when you start talking about platforms, it gets weird all the time. Because people either want it or they sort of despise it. Like, I don't wanna hear about that, talk about that, I don't wanna talk about social media. I have 79 followers and I don't get any likes and the only comment I get is from sister so-and-so who wants me to invest with her friend who, made her $50,000 and can help me make $50,000 if I just DM her and ask her to help me like she helped my friend. Yay! Listen, everyone in this room has a platform. Every single person in this room has a platform. For some of you, it's a classroom. For some of you, it's a dorm suite. For some of you, it is the 77 people that follow you on social media, or it's the 16 friends that are looking to you, or maybe it's just four people that you're their voice, really. Don't despise the four people. One of them may be the president of a nation. One of them may be the one who is a groundbreaking scientist that changes the trajectory of the world. One of them may be a mother who gives birth to a son and a daughter who are vessels that God uses to change the world. Don't despise the four people. Don't, don't be worried about the 444 people or the 4,044 people. Just realize that God's given you a platform right where you are. And that platform may increase in time. It may exponentially increase in time. And if it does, you've just simply gotta ask, why do I have this platform? And then you've gotta be willing to say, God, I want you to use this platform and I want you to make it more about you than it is about me. It doesn't mean every post needs to be a scripture verse or a little spiritual saying. It just means that every now and then people need to hear that you believe there's a name that's above every name. There is a name that has power. There is a name that heals. There is a name that saves and restores and redeems and brings the dead to life. And in time, being 
wise as a snake and innocent as a dove, you'll know when to use that platform to tell the people who are looking at you there is a headline above all headlines in life. A couple more and we'll close. For some of you, you're in that season where nothing makes sense. And there's no simple answer. I couldn't even give a simple answer if if I sat down with you or your best friend sat down with you or one of our team pastors sat down with you, nobody's gonna be able to say, oh, let me explain what's happening in this dark valley that you're in right now where nothing seems to make sense, where your prayers do not seem to be being answered, where there, there is no way to, to make sense of all this. It's just a mess. And God is giving us an opportunity He's giving us an opportunity to connect our unexplained moment to a headline that's gonna last forever. And he may not give an answer and change the circumstance, but I believe that with the why, and I think it's okay to say, God, I don't know why this is happening. I think it's okay to say, God, I don't know why this is happening this way or how you could possibly use this for your glory. I don't think that offends God. In fact, I was doing a podcast a few weeks ago with Priscilla Priscilla Shire and she said, you can ask God questions without questioning God. In other words, you can say, God, I, I don't know why this is happening and I can't see how you're using this in any way, but I still do know, in fact, that you are God and you are good because you have been good to me and I believe that you are God and you are good, but I don't know how you're using this. I can't see what you're doing in this. But I'll tell you where the power comes is when we take the unanswered valley of the unknown And we just simply say, with the other why, I want to add the essential why, and I wanna turn this from our story to your story to my story, and I wanna say, God, somehow, some way, I'm trusting you are going to use this for the headline that is Jesus. The situation might not change, but you will. And then lastly, there's somebody in the season right now where you just feel stuck in your past. There's either hurt there, there's a wound there, there's disappointment, defeat, and somehow it's got a grip on you and you're you're trapped, if you will, in the past. You're stuck in what you did or what was done to you. And in this gathering right now, Jesus is wanting to come alongside you. He's wanting to come alongside you because he's the only one truly who can. Even though a lot of people have overcome a lot of things in this gathering, no one has overcome more than Jesus has overcome. And he wants to come alongside you and say, you know what, I know about your past and I know that you have scars. I want you to know that I also have scars. 
I want you to know that the headline maker, he's not just the golden child. Well, he was the golden child. He did come step down off a throne. He did create the entire world and own all of its riches. He does own all the gold and all the silver and all the diamonds and all of the Bitcoin that you could mine out of the earth. He owns it all. He came down as the creator of it all, but he entered into flesh and blood. He took on human skin. He humbled himself and became a man. He stepped down even though he was up high. And when he did, it earned him the opportunity to say, I get it. But not only did he step in, he, all, he stepped all the way up and he allowed his life to be taken for yours and mine. He allowed nails to be driven through his hands and feet and a spear to be thrust into his side. He was beaten and abandoned and betrayed and locked out and railroaded at the end of the day, but he overcame all that by the power of God. And to this day, he still got the scars to prove it. And so I'd encourage you if you feel trapped in the past to let him come sit beside you now and say, oh, I know about your scars. Do you know about my scars? Because these scars were for your healing. Because by my stripes, you are healed. That means you're put into right relationship with God through faith, but it also means that you're restored. It means what the enemy has stolen is going to be given back to you. It means all of the devastation and loss that you've experienced is going to be restored to you because I restore broken things. I rebuild things that have been shattered. I renew things that have lost every sense of hope. And I put people back together again and I set them on a path and I give them the gift of a spirit and I give them purpose. I align them with a father and I set them in motion to do supernatural things to lift up the name that is above every name. Everybody's invited to step into the process of being made brand new by the power and the spirit of God, including you. And you can leave the past with your scars and show them to the world as a way of saying, I made it because Jesus is a healer and he overcame and he brought me up in his victory. Or you can choose to say, you know what? Nope, it's gonna be a headline and a byline about what happened to me. That's gonna be the byline. I'm not, not giving up the byline of 45 years ago or 4.5 years ago or 45 days ago. I'm not giving up my byline. I'm not giving up my story. I'm not relinquishing what I have the right to hold on to. And when you make that decision, I'm telling you right now, when you step into eternity, your personal effects are gonna fit in a paper bag. There's something better. And there's a headline that's bigger. And God is saying to you, leave the past with me. And come on and believe me for the future. That's how you make Jesus your lead story. Is by letting Jesus set you free from what's been holding you back. 
CT stud was a stud. Over a century ago in England, he came from the best family, went to Eton, played cricket there, went to Cambridge, played cricket there, ended up playing cricket on the national team of England, played in the very first test match with Australia, which became known as the Ashes. It's a test match that's still played to this day. If you're in the cricket world in Pakistan or India or Australia or England or in the Caribbean, these nations where cricket is the sport, the Ashes is still, it's the Wimbledon of cricket. And on the, the Ashes trophy, there's actually a reference etched into the trophy to C.T. Studd. But when C.T. Studd was university age, he got saved, radically saved. And he became one of who were known as the Cambridge Seven. And under the teaching of a, who, who was a great missionary in that era, he committed his life to going to inland China to share the gospel. And he left the riches of his family. He left the path of cricket. He left it all behind. And he went on a one-way ticket to preach Jesus because he believed that Jesus was the name that should be the headline of his life. And he knew that in inland China, there were millions and millions and millions of people who never heard that name. C.T. Studd got gravely ill in China and they had to ship him home to England. They thought they were shipping him home to die, but he recovered when he got home to England. I'm thinking if it's present tense, that's when you write your book and sign your first book deal. I was a famous cricket player. I gave it all up for Jesus. I went to inland China. I got sick and almost died. They shipped me home. I miraculously recovered. I'm gonna go around now and tell my great story of sacrifice in my life, right? No, he said, I'm, I feel good. Now I have a burden for the Congo. And he set out from England again to the heart of Africa where he gave his life and died preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the whole time I was working on this talk, I kept having this phrase came to come through my mind. And I'm like, I know this phrase, I know this phrase. I know this a bigger, there's a bigger poem around this. And then it clicked and it dawned on me, oh, it's C.T. Studd. And he's the one who penned these words. The poem is called Only One Life. It's brilliant and beautiful, and it's got a lot of stanzas, but may I just share a few as we just transition to, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? Because I believe God is saying, if you'll trade a byline for a headline, you'll never regret it. Not only will your life make sense now, the whys will get clearer now, but oh, you'll never regret it. He wrote two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, the, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. 
Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. In joy or sorrow, thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life. Twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And he closes by saying, Only one life. Yes, only one. Now let me say, Thy will be done. And when at last I hear the call, I know I'll say, Twas worth it all. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. There is a headline, and the headline's name is Jesus. That's our lead story. Tonight, he could become your lead story. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.